Craft Beer Radio, episode 342, on July 26, 2015. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio. Do it, everybody. Do the hustle. Welcome to the show. I know what this was 20 no. years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. 1975, 40 years ago today. Number one song. Only one week at number one. Well, just like us, only one week at number one. What was our week at number one? I'm just pretending it happened. Okay. Number one, what? If you're vague enough, it can be that, true. That's true. You got that certificate that we mentioned. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, a bunch of uh, different beers, as is usual. <laughs> this is our want. Where should we start? Not much of a thing. Let's do the Braggot. All right. Yeah. So this is from Sam Adams. It's not every day you get a Braggot coming through yeah. the CBR fridge. Thank you, Sam Adams. This is their Honey Queen. So a Braggot is a beer mead mixture. Yep. Uh. Hopped with Heaskent, Golding, Stressel Sprout, and Aramis. Not sure about Aramis. They use their specialty two-row malt blend, and they use an acidulated malt in this one. I guess to lower the pH down a bit. Uh, Sam and L Yeast. They give me a lot of info. I love this site. 7.5% alcohol by volume, 10 IBUs. They also use orange blossom honey, clover honey, alfalfa honey, and chamomile. Three okay. types of honey and chamomile. So that's a lot of flavors going on. Right. Yeah, big blend. Beer pours with a uh, pretty billowy head. It is a slightly cloudy gold color. We still got our craftbeer.com cheat sheets. Oh, yeah. Tasting sheets here. So if we wanted to do an SRM comparison, we call it a, a 10. You call it a 10, huh? I would. With, with my lighting conditions, I call it a with 10. With your lighting conditions, because they call it on their website a 5. Well, then this printer is not calibrated. <laughs> that could be the case. Oh. And they probably also use that special tool you were talking about to, to yeah, figure like, out the SRM. Yeah, yeah they're, well, yeah, they're, you know, they're just like plastic rods. Mm-hmm. You know, a distinct diameter. They're translucent, so they... Have the same properties. It's a thin film of beer, essentially. You can use well, to. Well, actually, I was I was describing. So I was describing something else that I was thinking of. Is it one of those things that you look in. No, no. Yeah. So what I was trying to describe with Julia is not exactly what I remember now that the people use. When you buy an SRM kit, it's a uh, imagine plastic rods about a half inch in, in diameter, okay. and translucent. Same translucency as beer, and then they're dyed to the different colors. So when you're comparing them to next to a test tube of beer, right? It's the same I thickness, see. that kind of thing. So you can compare them side by side that way. I see, and so that way the lighting condition should be the same. Yeah, and they'll look the same. I see. That makes sense. Back to the beer, the Honey Queen. All right. So the aroma on this one, it um, has an aroma that you know is. It's going to take a little bit for me to get into because it's going to bring out some vocabulary that I don't normally exercise, you know, because of all the the honey character. And that really is leading a lot of the aroma. There's really not too much malt aroma. There's not hop aroma so much that I'm smelling, Can at least I not use, yet. I mean, there's not, not a lot of hops in this one, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
And as soon as I say that I'm not getting malt aroma, that next sniff, I'm actually getting some of the malt aroma, but it's still mostly the honey. Kind of comes across as... I mean, uh, it does smell a little bit like... A, a little like Boston lager, right? There's a little bit of a Vienna lagerish kind of... I mean, it's, it's their two-row pale malt blend. It's, mm-hmm. it's what they use in a lot of their beers. Right. So it, it's going to have a same that same sort of context. That's an interesting point. Did it say... What was the yeast that mentioned on there? Uh, just their ale yeast. Okay. So... Again, a Hell's yeast that you know may be some character that you see. Obviously, it wouldn't be the same yeast they use in Boston right. Lager, but a house yeast that can carry some Sam Adams type character with exactly. it. Exactly. Actually, you know what? It smells more like their Oktoberfest than I think about. It. <laughs> it, it, it's more. It's more on the malty right. and more, uh, more of that toasty malt. Yeah, you're right. Um, I do have to take back the first couple of sniffs. I smell just big floral bouquet honey, but now I'm smelling more of the malt side of it. And I think you're you're pretty pretty good on what you're calling out. Kind of is a a toasty, slightly toffee mm-hmm. uh, aroma on the malt, uh, white bread crusts, things like that. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> oh, I like that. There are a lot of there are a lot of flavors coming through. I think because of the different types of honeys used. They mention orange blossom, clover, alfalfa. So when you get honeys, I mean, an orange blossom honey can can carry some of the flavor of orange blossom. It's not deep orange, but mm-hmm. it's an accent. Right. If you combine all those accents in interesting ways, you get interesting bouquets I think that's what's coming out of here but trying to describe it is hard because it's as you said earlier I think it, it it's testing our ability to talk about it because we don't experience these flavors very often right the uh, the beer does finish well I'm still trying to figure out the flavor part of it parts I'm more sure of is it has a pretty dry finish to it it's a little bit chalky on the tongue mm-hmm. and uh, has a moderate to light moderately light mouthfeel Going the way through, it's not a very chewy beer by any means. Alcohol isn't very apparent, but it's there. It's it's you know, low intensity, uh, not a lot of astringency, but a little bit of drying. Mm-hmm. Really can't tell the hops are there. Basically, I mean, it's if they're there, they're very background. The um, starting to get a little bit of bitterness. Uh, in the flavors, it kind of reminded me of like an or uh, like a lemon pith or something like that. And then it's kind of going into I, tasting these honey flavors in the bouquet. It's kind of taking me into some kind of like, um, oh, you know what it probably is reminding me of? I was like, my brain was like kind of pointing me like I was picturing like, um, suckers or hard candy or something but i think it might be like ricola cough drops or something Mm. like that like you know how they use all those herbs Mm -hmm. yeah and you know it's something in the same ballpark yeah there's i think there's there might be honey in there too yeah yeah it absolutely is so maybe this will cure my cough that i had in the pre-show probably not but it's worth a shot (laughs) If I believe it may work, you know. The best solution for curing your cough is that cough button right in front of you. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> it won't do anything for your cough, but it will prevent it from 
If we were in a, if we were in sound booths, then we could pretend that that would cure it, but they'll still hear me. Right. Well, I should install a giant piece of plexiglass between us. <laughs> we can throw shit at each other. <laughs> Draw a big mustache right here. Mm. That's really good, but I'm just I'm, oh, it's so hard to describe mm-hmm. the flavors because they're n- not typical. There is something that's reminding me a little bit like ginger ale. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a mix of ginger ale and maybe like, like San Pellegrino or something like that. You know, like a, you know, the lemon part of yeah. you know, San Pellegrino, mixing it with the ginger ale or something like that. But there's something kind of apple-y to me, a little, little apple juice thing. Not apples, but apple mm-hmm. juice specifically. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, that was interesting. That was probably the first braggot we've had on the show in 10 years. Probably. Uh, and... Which is cool. I love trying new stuff. Should we go to... I guess we go to the Avery. Yeah, right. yeah. Stick with the tropical and fruit flavors. Mm-hmm. So, Avery's website is down right now, but but they did send us this beer, and so they also sent us this uh, fact sheet, kind of, about it. It's more of a poster. But uh, 5.4% alcohol by volume. It's a... Belgian style white ale with passion fruit and spices added. So they added passion fruit and um, probably normal white ale with beer spices. That flower looks like a vanilla flower. Okay. So I don't know if that's they added vanilla to it or not, but that might be a passion fruit flower too. I don't know. Well, see what we can pull out of it. Oh wow. <laughs> The passion fruit comes, I mean, I, I just took a whiff and it was, boom, big passion fruit. I have no idea about the flower. You have a better guess than I do. I don't think, uh, it doesn't smell like vanilla. It could be just, that's what passion fruit flowers look like. Oh, wow. That is a potent fruit aroma on that. That's all you get is, like, extra, really ripe passion fruit. Actually, the second sniff, I smelled more of mango, mango skin type aromas on it so it was um, but that's probably because I'm more familiar with mangoes and passion fruits and it just took painted a mango picture in my head instead there is uh, no transparency it's translucent but there's a Mm -hmm. lot of scattering going on this is very very uh, cloudy and hazy Uh, but it's probably around uh, probably around six or so Mm -hmm. on the SRM so it's a you know a strawish yellow very very hazy Kind of a very thin uh, head on it. Passion fruit is big, big passion fruit. Which, in this context, is a little. There's a little sulfury note to it. I think it's just that's what passion fruit yeah. is. It has that kind of sulfury note to it. Yeah, I was I was hitting the aroma, trying to find coriander. Because it's a wit beer, mm-hmm. spices added. I do think I can pick out a little bit, but that could be me just really trying to put it in there too. Sometimes when you really reach, <laughs> mm-hmm. it has a really juicy flavor. It reminds me of when we had the six point rad, right? Where I was it was thinking Radler, yeah. Where it was more of a it tasted more like a beer cocktail. 
And there's nothing wrong with beer cocktails, but Six Point Rad was so much grapefruit juice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it worked really well. And this one's kind of like that, where it just comes across as like, it's at least 30% juice is what it tastes like. Yeah, if you're in here expecting a traditional wit beer with some passion fruit kind of added to give it an accent, mm-hmm. no. This is a passion fruit juice and wit beer combination. Right. It's called in the top neck of the top rim of the can it says tropical and tart. And yeah, that tart just comes mm-hmm. through from how much juice acid is in the beer. Mm. It's good. It's good. It's a little and passion fruit to me is not great on its own. I feel like it needs other things to. I'm, I'm just not. I'm not the biggest fan of the fruit. I I, I like it as an accent. I like it more as uh, a, a supporting player. So <coughs> I'm a little less excited about it than you are, I guess. But I I think it's it's a interesting and pretty well done integration. It's mm-hmm. just if I, I if I liked passion fruit more, I might like the beer more. Right. You know, as I drink it, it tastes a little more pineapple juicy than the first couple of sips. And maybe that's just a way to explain what how the passion fruit's coming across. You know, someone like, I'm not too familiar with passion fruit straight up. So, you know, for me, I'm tasting like a pineapple juice with a twist of mango or something like that in there. I, I feel it's, I think pineapple's a good call. There's sort of a kiwi note and there's a little bit of a grapefruit. Okay, kiwi's a good call too, yeah. Too. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's a it's a good drinker. But if you if you're not a big fan of passion fruit, you're not gonna like it. Okay. I think you you know, you have to and you you won't know if you if you have never had it, you won't know if you try it. But it's there there's a there's a bite that passion fruit has. Uh, like I said, it's a sort of sulfury bit that I think is better covered up instead of instead of uh shining a light on it, and this is sort of Shining light on this. This is really right, very right. much. Here's your passion you know, fruit. Put a microscope on this, and that's not. Uh, that's not exactly what I enjoy, but that's okay. I think it's still very well done for what it is. I'm not. I'm not pouring it out. But part of the reasons we don't have anything to pour it out into, but uh, I'm not pouring it out. So. Don't put it nearby somewhere. I thought I put it in here. I must have took it out last time we did a show. <laughs> What should we do next? So, not those. I think this guy. Yeah. There's a Saison with natural flavors added. So, we got Cyrano from Round Guy Brewery. Scott Rudich is the brewer, former listener of the show, home brewer listener. He may still listen as a professional. (laughs) Not just a former listener. So, uh, round guy, where are we? There's my tab. Cyrano Saison, 35 IBUs, 7.1% alcohol volume. Wow. Saison with a, with a kick. <laughs> the malts that are used are Pilsner, Wheat, and Caramel malts. They use American citrus hops. And mangoes, sour cherries, and honey. <laughs> okay. That's quite the blend. 
I don't think I've ever had a mango sour cherry beer. Hmm. The aroma on this one, let's see, coming off the... I'm not sure if that's included or if that's what, what they say. What, the, the characteristics. Like. Yeah. Um, let's see. Because uh, they say, Cereal Saison Ale interweaves delicate flavors of fresh mangoes and tart sour cherries with sprinklings of honey and the grapefruity characteristics of fresh citra hops. Hmm. It does say that there are natural flavors added. Yeah. Well, let's smell and taste and see what we can figure out. So, so this is uh, we're still we're very much on the lighter end of the SRM scale still. This one, yeah, this one has a little more, uh, a little more golden. Yeah. You know, like a gold bullion. So maybe it's reaching an eight or a nine. (coughs) Like like we said before, it's hard to tell in this lighting, but. The aroma on this one, it's pretty deep. I'm smelling a couple different things. Let me take I do smell, smell mango. Mm-hmm. There's mango. There's, um, first thing I smell was kind of something like a, um, something minerally, almost like a granite-like kind of mineraliness or something like that. I was smelling that at the very first. Yeah, a little bit of, um, it's a limestone chalky quality, mm-hmm. just a, sort of a hard water quality. I think you get that a lot in Saison's, right? I think you get a kind of a, a sort of rockiness that goes associated mm-hmm. with it. it. It's 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 a character that maybe it's the the water that's used, or maybe it's a character that the yeast adds. If you know, yeah, it could be. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. thinking of a couple of classic Saison's, and yeah, they definitely granite or limestone kind of things. You know, like thinking of Phantom. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's the main one. Phantom's really ringing a bell for having that rocky character. Yeah, the the mango comes and goes as I smell it. You know, sometimes I smell it, it like blasts me in the face, and other times it's a lot more subdued, depending on whether I'm like covering the lid of the glass, tilting and and coating the sides of the glass. Incidentally, one of the uh, beautiful things about. Um... The trend that has allowed for craft beer to be good, which is also the trend that allows for lots of different coffees and breads and all the other stuff we mm-hmm. get, is that we also get cool fruits that we never used to get before. Now mangoes right. are really available. You can mm-hmm. get them all the time. That's great. You can give them fruit salads and stuff with them. Right. It used to be very hard to get that kind of thing. Yeah. You're right. Back in the day, stores around here didn't stock mangoes mm-hmm. at all. When I first cracked this and poured it, I was getting a little bit of a sulfur note, but for as far as I can tell, it it's kind of aired out. I don't mm-hmm. smell it anymore. This is a March through July offering, so get it quick. The round guys are, uh, well, I mean, they're in our state. They're in Lansdale. They're close, close to Philly. Yeah. I forget exactly where Lansdale is, but um, if I remember right, it's, I think it's up near 80, east of State College, so... Central Northeast Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah, remember, I didn't grow up here, so yeah. I don't really have a lay of the land. Then again, I grew up in Maryland. I don't have a lay of the land of Maryland either. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a local. I know the local area. I was driving home last night through West Virginia, 
And all of a sudden, it's like, welcome to Maryland. And I wasn't expecting that. You know, it was that very tip way over there. And, uh, you know, and I was, I figured, oh, I'm only going to be in Maryland for like five minutes. But I was there for like a long time. Mm. And I actually drove through Deep Creek. And it, just, but it was like a surprise. Like, I'm going to hit, I figured I was going to hit like 79 mm. in West Virginia. And when I got that welcome to Maryland, it was like, what? Yeah, the, the panhandle of Maryland is a very, it's a it's a weird part of Maryland because it's, it's sort of like the, um, like the center of Pennsylvania. It's a different sort of state mm-hmm. there. Yeah, I could imagine. I mean, it's, yeah, it's closer to Virginia, West Virginia, and Pennsylvania than it is to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Or D.C. Remember, where I grew up was mm-hmm. really influenced by D.C. Right. So it was a very different area than the rest of Maryland. Right. Hmm. That was that was bursting with a way different flavor than I was expecting. Okay. Um. So I was just kind of like, whoa! Almost shocked by it. I need to give another sip to kind of. Yeah. So the main things I'm getting out of this beer, I mean, there is some fruitiness, but the things that surprised me, the things that are really forward, are that minerally character. There's kind of a ropey character too, like a, mm-hmm. like a dirty old Cecil rope type thing. Like you're some, tasting some of that character. That is the saison has put some funk in here. Not not bug funk, mm-hmm. but you know, classic old saison farmhouse funk. Farmhouse right? funk, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, I do enjoy that. I enjoy uh, a, a farmhouse quality, even though it's not a typical. I, I think it's not a it's not a flavor that is easy to to learn. I guess it's it's not a flavor they'd be selling at McDonald's, right? It's 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 a <laughs> right, complex right. one that takes some time to get used to and get to understand it. When you do understand, I think it's something that you you do really crave and. Though I can see how it's like when you're a kid and you dislike bitter things, uh, you haven't grown to appreciate them. I'm also getting some, I hesitate to say leatheriness, but I'm kind of getting this worn leather, but I, I'm, I don't feel like it's from Britannomyces. I feel it's just more of the Saison character. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. The, I'm, I'm, I guess those are fruit juices because that's a there is a definitely a cherry note there that I don't think is coming from any of the hopping or uh, or anything else. I think it's definitely coming from a juice. I think the mango was mostly on the nose. I don't really it, it, right. there's a little bit of a background, but I can't really taste mm-hmm. that much. The I guess the honey has a little bit of a drying effect. Yeah, it could it could have brought the body down. Yeah, because it's a it's a pretty dry finish on this one too it's an interesting beer for sure Cyrano from Rangai's beer so Jeff let's say that um... you want to buy some stuff yeah you want to buy some stuff and you got the internet you do have the internet hopefully I mean you gotta love this show you probably have the internet and, and you have a Prime membership or not but if you have a Prime membership then it's like no free shipping no, two days no we're already talking about Amazon we already just <laughs> <laughs> did, I, did I jump the shark then? I you, you jumped a little bit no, you jumped ahead anyway 
craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. You go there, right before you do any shopping, it'll take you directly to Amazon, you don't have to do anything else, and guess what? You don't have to pay anything extra, and you still support the show. Exactly. Part of what you would normally send off to Amazon gets diverted to our bank account. So instead of them putting that money towards their drone program to spy on you, you're putting it towards Craft Beer Radio. Exactly. Keep those drones from flying. Use craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Fight, Fight the, the drones. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, where do we go from here, Jeff? I, I guess think... we go to the Fremont, right? Yeah, that's just the pale ale. We got an IPA coming up next, and then we have a barrel edge Baltic Porter to close out the show. We don't mess around here on Craft Beer Radio. <laughs> we kind of do. We do often mess around on Craft Beer Radio. All right, so Fremont sent us a pile of beers a while back. We're getting down towards the tail end of the samples. However, we have two of the reserve bottles that I keep like looking at and wanting to put on a show. But you know, on a Sunday night show, something that's like fourteen yeah. percent ABV is like okay, maybe not this week. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Fremont is from Seattle, Washington, and this is their Universe Ale Pale Ale, or I guess no, they just say Universe Ale Pale. So I guess Fremont, uh, where they're from, is, is the self-proclaimed center of the universe. That's what they say on their description. Okay. So Universe Ale is their flagship beer. Two so, row. Sorry, go ahead. Two row pale melanoidin and aromatic aromatic malts with Columbus Centennial and Cascade hops. Center of the Universe Brewing Company might argue about Seattle being the center of the universe. Well, it says Fremont's the center of the universe, not Seattle. Yeah. Well, right, but Center of the Universe Brewing Company is in Virginia. I mean, technically, every place is the center <laughs> of the universe, so it works. You and your technicalities. Mm. 5.6% alcohol by volume, 30 IBUs, year-round, like we said, in their flagship. On their uh, can, they have on one side Seattle, on the other side Earth. Just in case you weren't clear, this is from the planet Earth. Well, now that there's a new Earth out there. <laughs> right, Kepler... 538B. All right, so... It's not a new Earth. Post-show. Right. Slightly cloudy. I'm really mad at that, by the way. Anyway. <laughs> I can imagine. Slightly cloudy, or fairly cloudy. You can't really see your finger. You can tell you have a finger on the outside of the glass, but you can't really see it. Yeah. And SRMs, it's in the 1011 range. Probably. Depends. If you hold up to the light, it gets all of a sudden, oh, look at that. It's two or three. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because, oh, there's a more traditional beer. I mean, we've had kind of three things that are... Uh, you, you say more traditional, and it is more traditional, but the hops I'm smelling are like Amarillo or something like that. You know, I'm not smelling really traditional sea hops coming off of it. Uh, that's all it is, traditional sea hops. Hmm. Okay, well, they... Columbus, Centennial, and Cascade. Okay, well, the it's... three it's, Okay. Well, Columbus... Yeah, I guess. I was smelling something more like Amarillo. Maybe there's a little bit of residue of passion fruit or something that could be given that sulfury kick. I rinse pretty good, but maybe. I mean, you never, you never can rinse yeah. completely, so. 
Yeah, it's pretty hoppy. A little resiny on the nose. You know, it's a little like rich in, in the hoppiness. Mm-hmm. The malt character is um, kind of just a base malt there. I'm not getting anything that's too distinct in uh, you know any particular manner. It's interesting because I feel like I have to switch my gears because I, I was in the sort of that fruity mode and I was trying to switch it back okay. into the beer mode and it, it's it's like shuffling files around. It takes some time for that process to go through. Yeah, we're going to have to pull out the old vocabulary <laughs> get it warmed up. It's like riding a bike, right? It should just come right to you. Lots of silence there as we contemplate the uh, Fremont Universal Pale. I gotta think flight's playing a role here because I'm, I'm still tasting tropical things. Okay, like what? I taste some some mango. I taste uh, a little bit of. See, I'm noticing like a pineapple character coming off of mm-hmm. it for sure so you are getting some fruity hop characters uh, character you normally wouldn't get pineapple from columbus cascade and centennial but you know you can get grapefruit and orange mm-hmm. things like that so it could be part of the blend it could be us drifting towards those those tropical fruits from the two previous beers uh but I think we—I think it is delivering some fruity characters, I, 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 some I, citrus characters. I do think that we're in a case of of uh, what Gerald from the BTI called palate drift. I think that our palates have, have acclimated to a sort of tropical stuff, mm-hmm. and so it's easier to find those things. Right. I hear you. Yeah. I mean, that's the main thing I'm noticing was pineapple, yeah. and from the ingredient list, pineapple is not normally mm-hmm. something you get right off the top. I'm still enjoying it. Oh yeah, but I'm not. But I don't know if we can be the best observers of yeah. this beer uh, because we're so influenced by the beers that came before it. Yep, I agree. Let's see if we can get anything else about this beer. Yeah. I've had to take so many sips just to get what I got so far. Mine's almost gone. As I'm trying more, I mean, my, I'm starting to acclimate back to it. I, I'm getting more of the. Um, more of that barley flavor coming through. Um, I think I think focusing on the the malts is I hope going to help bring the hops into a clearer picture. I don't know whether it will or not, but I'm just trying. So there's a it's it's kind of a sweeter sweeter malt. It's a little bit uh, a little bit darker, a little toasty. Like I said, I think these yeah melanoidins in there. So there's um, definitely a darker quality to it that's interesting because i wasn't getting any of that even towards the end i'm trying to like find the malt and i thought this beer was pretty aqueous on the malt mm-hmm. side you know it was really just a, a vehicle to deliver the hops and i wasn't getting anything that was all that balanced maybe just a, a sweet character to balance the bitterness but there was like not much body and not much you know, additional malt character coming off it. Well, we have an observer effect situation. I'm trying to notice the malt, so mm-hmm. if I'm really focusing on them, right. then they're going to be more... Then if they're there, 
Uh, and if I'm not fooling myself, they're going to be more apparent. And where there's malt, it just <laughs> it just builds on itself. It's malts the whole way down. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> All right. Do you want to do the other IPA, or do you want to like reset our palates by doing the barrel aged porter? That might be a good idea. And go do the porter before the IPA. Because really, you can't have. I don't think Tropical Palatrif is going to pull us out of this beer. Let's hope we can shock our systems back into it. We're, uh, we're, this, this is the yeah, this is the beer equivalent of a defibrillator. We're going to <laughs> we're off beat, and so we're going to shock us back into the right beat. This is the Abita Baltic Porter, but not their traditional Baltic Porter. This is a Baltic Porter that is aged in bourbon barrels. Sent to us by Abita. Thank you, Abita. Yeah. It's part of their... It's either Bourbon Street Baltic Quarter or it's part of their Bourbon Street series. 9.25% alcohol by volume, 20 IBUs. Uh, after beer, after fermentation, the beer is cold aged. Okay, maybe this is their standard Baltic water. Okay. Uh, after fermentation, the beer is cold aged for months before bourbon barrel aging begins, and it is 100% aged in their bourbon barrel. So this is not a uh, not a mixture, not a mm-hmm. of, uh, right. blend. Yeah. Aged 100%. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, you know, brewers will age portion in barrels. Mm-hmm. And then they'll blend it out to get just the bourbon character they want. But these guys must have, you know, used time as the bourbon meter, the oak meter, instead of fixing it afterwards. Right, yeah. Well, we hope. <laughs> yeah. So they do have a Bourbon Street series. This is part of the Bourbon Street series. The back of the bottle does indicate that. Is fermented at cooler temperatures to accentuate the malt flavors, which gives the beer its dark color and smooth. Well, then it gives beer and the flavor, which we won't describe because it's marketing speak. Okay, and the, and they do mention they use uh, small batch mm-hmm. barrels because you, know, you got to use the small batch barrels. What are we at? About fifteen or sixteen going on twenty? It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, it's like, actually light for a Baltic porter. Yeah. If you hold it up to a light, it looks like a dark amber. There's a nice red hue coming through the beer. They call it 35. Uh, I don't buy that. No. It's like, yeah, it's like a 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's very clear. Like I said, it's it's very. I've never seen a Baltic porter that isn't like soy sauce dark. Mm-hmm. And this one has that really rich red character yeah. to it. Lovely uh, oak aroma coming off of that. Yeah, oak, vanilla, toffee, brown sugar, a little bit of molasses. Yeah, it, it's mostly uh, something too woody or grainy mm-hmm. from it. Really, the character that came from it is the more bourbon characters instead of the oak characters. Oak plays a role, but it, it pulled a lot of that... Uh, Caramelized sugar type character out of the wood. It smells really good. It tastes really good. 
Yeah, it has a... So it doesn't quite have that Baltic porter body or richness, but it does have really good flavors. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a lighter... It almost I almost place it as like a barrel-aged brown ale, flavor-wise. And then as soon as you drink it, it really comes through. Vanilla hit me first, mm-hmm. and it was a big, smooth vanilla. I kind of hit this really tannic or acrid like aftertaste. There, in my there first is sip. there's a there's an astringency to it. So that's I mean there's a yeah there's some sort of astringency in there. It comes through as a tidal wave. It's it hopefully it, it doesn't come every sip because that on well, that first sip it was it was off putting. It it, it it's really sweet for a while, and then the astringency hits, and you're like, oh, that's different. Uh-huh. Um, but you know you would expect it, you know porter to have some astringency qualities to it, so. That could just be part of. What well, yeah, I mean, Baltic porters typically have an astringency. It mm-hmm. just the way it, the way this beer is implemented, it, it just doesn't, you know, fit like any other Baltic porter that I've had. Mm. Those, I think, as I'm getting used to it, the astringency, I mean, aspect is still there. It's like the back of the tongue, but it's sort mm-hmm. of dying down a bit. It, it's a, it's, it's. I think it's a little bit of the of the barrel coming through, a little bit of the oak and alcohol yeah. coming through. Second sip didn't come across like a tidal wave yeah. of of ill flavors. Like the first time, it was pretty pretty rough and kind of really wrecked that first sip. Second sip, it came across much later in the aftertaste and a lot more subtle. It's more forgivable at this point. The um, yeah, it does kind of have an oaky bite to it. Yeah. That astringency comes through. It's still, well, it wasn't this tidal wave this time. It still came through, like, you know, like, you know, came, you know, just kind of drove past, you know, like, vroom. Mm-hmm. It's there. It's definitely there. You can you can taste the barrel in there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for good or ill, you can taste the barrel. And they, and... Since it's 100 percent aged, they can't take that. Blend out. it. They out. can't blend that. But out. I think a lot of the flavors up front, the whole first three quarters of the taste, I think, are really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts off with this medium light body. I'm going to stick with something like a brown ale or maybe a brown porter. You know, we get a little bit of breadiness, a little bit of caramel, like from the malt. But then, really quickly, it goes into the vanilla goes into this really rich toffee mm-hmm. and and then from there I'm going to have to another to figure out where it goes next but really that vanilla toffee blend from the bourbon barrels is really well done I like that part a lot it kind of feels to me like it goes from a brown ale to a barley wine to a bit of an old ale and then sort of ends in a sort of astringent note. <laughs> it's it kind of has this trajectory of different beers that it's moving through. I it's see what you're saying styles. about. I see what you're saying about an old ale. We get a combination of like the cinnamon or the the cinnamon brown sugar right. part, and the oakiness makes it seem a little bit oxidized, a little bit of sherry notes or yeah, something like so that. A bit of so that. I can see why you're saying old ale. Still not getting anything that's too particularly barley wine. Just a sweet character, okay. mostly. Okay. I mean, it's you know, it, a brown ale is not that sweet. A barley wine right. is. So that's where I'm going. Okay, to. I see what you're saying. Yeah, if you imagine, maybe I would revise a little bit. What I'm talking about if you're talking about uh, something that has that 
richness of a barley wine, but not a very full body. Mm-hmm. I could kind of see that being like the base instead of trying to call it a brown ale. Yeah, Maybe the, the like, brown ale comes from the yeah the the, the body is a little bit is lighter and so there's a I wouldn't say aqueous but it's definitely a lighter it's not as maybe chewy. a bit of kettle caramelization yeah. or something like that mm-hmm. that kind of character coming through something like that yeah so it starts you know kind of brown ale a little a little thinner body than you might expect so sort of a brown ale then the barley wine sweetness then sort of the ole oxidation and and, uh, and sort of okay character. yeah you got me I kind yeah. of I kind of get some flavors that kettle caramelization something that's indicative of a long boil. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of tasting that up front before the barrel kicks in. Kind of in the same aspect, you could think of it like uh, a Steinbeard kind of gets some of those mm-hmm. qualities too. Right. Get those hot rocks in there, they caramelize, and some of those, right. and those flavors come out. That astringency that bowls through at the end, it's getting less noticeable. So you, if you try this beer, you might notice the first mm-hmm. sip or two. It doesn't ruin the whole beer, no. every sip. It's, uh, it, it, it noticeable up front, but it, you know, mm-hmm. your, your tongue gets used to it, and, you, and it blends in well. I like this a lot. And I should, because I can definitely feel it getting me drunk. <laughs> I, mean, I was just going to say, I, this last sip, right about the time you said, yeah. I like this a lot, I got the first little whoosh of... <laughs> of Hey, you're about to get intoxicated. Yeah. <laughs> it's a 22 ounce bomber, so at 9.25 percent, uh, you know, one will do you just fine, probably. Mm-hmm. Yep. Down to one little sip here. It's pretty warm. I'm swirling around and oxidizing it even more, and that sip was more like that old ale character that you were talking about. I'm glad that tannic astringent stuff didn't stick around. I do think it's going to be hard to get the palates clean for this IPA. Maybe we should pause and drink a little bit of water, get this oak off our tongue. All right. Okay, we're back with our clean palates, and our next beer is going to be from Noble Aleworks. This was sent to us by Bill. Bill. Yeah, he's a listener who lives out in California. Thank you, Bill. Noble's out of Anaheim. Big Wig IPA, 628% alcohol by volume, 77 IBUs. Haven't heard of them. Haven't had their beers. Looking forward to this. Yeah, lots of breweries out there to try. We get uh, what three, four thousand, so we gotta try them all. <laughs> I think they're opening faster than we can keep up. That doesn't mean we should try. Not try. <laughs> That's right. Not trying is for quitters. <laughs> Ah, oh, Dward. <laughs> that was what I was thinking. I was more thinking, ah, okay, tradition. Oh, really? It was like, yeah, because um, everything we've had, you know, aside from the Fremont, which was influenced by what we mm-hmm. had, has right. been wacky okay. in some way. And there it is. Okay. Yeah, there's your standard, what you're used to. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm just saying. It's no, like, no, it's it's straight up. Yeah, and we're tasting it. It's a big dank IPA, mm-hmm. is what we're smelling and t- smelling right now. I'm smelling uh, things that are. You know how we talked about adding spruce to our vocabulary. Uh-huh. There's some spruciness in here. It also has a touch. I'm still smelling a touch of pineapple. 
they make a big thing on their on their uh, bottle about hop forward, and they have a description of some flavors. If you would want to look at that, you can. No, I prefer not be influenced. As I smell it more, I'm getting a little more orangey. Damn it! If I don't smell passion fruit again. <laughs> well, maybe it's in there. It could. It, it absolutely the smells. Could be. Maybe it's yeah. mosaic, right? Maybe it's. Oh, you're reading it. So I am reading it. I am. I, I am. <laughs> I should have tasted it before I did, but uh, they have interesting. They have an herb in here. That, I won't tell you which yeah. one, but that, I, I saw that. I was like, yeah. really? That's oh, you saw that? They mentioned rosemary. Yeah. If Greg saw it, then I might as well. I think no reason not to spoil it for everyone yeah. else. Flavors are. Uh, Tangerine, citrusy, not as dank as the nose mm-hmm. indicated. Still towards the tropical end. I think this is. Yeah, I, I taste that passion mm-hmm. fruit in there. I taste the. Right. You know, so this this is not traditionally hopped. This is not a you know, Amarillo. Um, Chinook, right, right. Not here. Simcoe blend. We shouldn't shouldn't be complaining. I mean, one no, of the things. I, one of the things I, I like. I'm not the, complaining. Right, right. But one of the. I mean, we shouldn't sound like we're even like, oh, more tropical because what I've said it recently is one of the best new revolutions. Kind of a yeah. not super hyped revolution is where IPAs instead of winning from super bitter are going into more subtle tropical ways, and I think that's wonderful. And this is another one of those. I, I I'm sorry if it came across yeah. that I was even um, remotely complaining or even uh, disappointed. Mm-hmm. I was in fact uh, excited by that oh. th- this was a beer that was going in that tropical direction because I expected right. from the nose uh, to it to be going into the more traditional right. um, Doherty direction that we've <laughs> we've had, which is not necessarily bad, but it's not. You know, I'm, I'm kind right. of. I find it funny that you use that. a traditional because when I think of traditional, I think of yeah, cascade. Yeah, okay, traditional mm. five years. You know, <laughs> years traditional, like, uh, when we when we were just little young ones, right, right. But see, when I think of traditional, I think of the old school, the mm. cascade centennial Chinook. Right. Yeah. The 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 three C's. Right. Well, Chinook when, is still yeah. Chinook's piney. You got. Grapefruit, you got oranges, you get that kind of. Citrus. It's so resiny that I, I yeah. consider it sort of on, on the. It's sort of on the cusp. It, it, it crosses over. Okay. So the, we we are in sort of the generation Y of, of <laughs> beers right right now, and there was a generation X, and that was the the big uh, resiny stuff and the sort of doughy stuff, and then there was a. a Baby boomer beers. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you which was the okay. So Doherty's the Generation X. So baby boomers. So Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is a baby boomer. Yes, right. Okay, and then things that started using Amarillo and Simcoe are Gen X. There was the you know the the, uh, arrogant bastards of of the world and stuff like that that were the the Gen X version. Now we're in Generation Y or the millennials of beers, and so these are the the new tropical flavors that are coming out. That that analogy actually i think kind of works <laughs> i'm not saying it's the best thing ever but off the cuff it, but it, hey, it's yeah. a way to talk about yeah. things but, well, I mean, but that, that means you call gen x as traditional well traditional in terms of the five you know five years right. past 
I, I think that it, it's kind of it kind of goes back to a thing we mentioned earlier, which is supermarkets are being filled with all these different flavors, and so people are desiring those new mm. flavors that, that that they encounter, and uh, and so we're seeing an expansion of everything to to encompass those flavors. In addition, we're seeing so, of course, beer is coming along with that. We're seeing expansion of beer to account for these new flavors that people are enjoying. All right. Well, do you want to talk about the noble anymore? Or do you want to just move on to the rankings? I guess it's time for ranking. Let me pull up my text editor so we can take notes on the rankings. Yes. <laughs> so we have it for you. Okay. So from the bottom for me, let's see. Kind of hard. There, I mean, I, I would say one of these is going to be a hard luck loser because I mean, I enjoyed all the beers. Yes, so. I did too. Well, no, no. I mean, okay. So I mean, you know. okay. So I guess I guess the Abita is going to have to go in last place because of that astringency. They kind of plagued it early on, you know, because none of the other beers were that difficult to like. You know, or I shouldn't say difficult to like, but like we're that one had like two faces, right? Because it was like, oh, this part's really good. Oh, that awful astringency's back. You know, so even though the astringency faded towards the end, I think I'm gonna have to put him in last place because of that one specific character in the beer. Interesting. Okay. And then let's see. I'm gonna put the Honey Queen next. Um, it was it was good. You know, as the flight developed, I enjoyed the other beers better. Um, well, that was the braggot, right? So I, I enjoyed how it was giving me something new to explore. Right. But drinkability-wise, I just feel it wasn't up to par with the other beers. Interesting. And then let's go with... I think the Fremont Falls in the next position, and I, it might be our fault, not its. You know, it just... It, Mm-hmm. couldn't really bring out a ton of flavor and taste in that guy and um, kind of seemed subdued. I think there was a palate drift issue going on. And then I'm going to put the Cyrano from Round Guys in third place. I thought that bureau was very interesting. I liked that minerality and the complexity. Mm. The Saison yeast really brought its game. I was tasting this worn leather, this Cecil rope, this... Um, you know, granite minerality. I really enjoyed exploring those different flavors. And then it had, you know, some of those fruit flavors added too. But I, for me, I really wanted to focus on the yeast character. Number two, I am going to put the, uh, how do we even say this? Uh, the the Colia Capola uh, from, from Avery. Avery. Oh, God. Likoi Lili Likoi Kipolo. Um I enjoyed that beer. I I, I you know uh, I like the idea of mixing tropical fruit juice with beer. I've had it a couple times now and I think it generally works out. I'm going to put the Snowboy Works in first place. I really liked you know because of the flight when I finally hit this bright IPA this is bringing me some tropical flavors and just well put together. It really rang home, and I'm going to put that in first place. Okay. Uh, our rankings are very, very different. Mm-hmm. 
as we are allowed to do. No, I mean sometimes they're sometimes they're the same, sometimes they're very different. These are vastly different. My number six is the Avery. I it's the passion fruit. I, I felt like um, uh, you know hanging a lantern on the passion fruit wasn't the best choice for this beer. But that's personal. It's it's a purely right. personal thing. I think that if you like passion fruit, you will like this beer because it's kind of a rattler with passion fruit. So it depends mm-hmm. on if you like passion fruit or not. Uh, so it's just a personal thing. I thought it, thought it was still well made. All these beers were very well done. Uh, I don't think any of them were bad. Uh, I don't think any of them were even close to bad. So um, Avery is Avery is uh, by definition a hard luck loser for me because it's only losing because I'm not a fan of passion fruit. Right. Uh, so it's really I mean yeah. so well done beer, <coughs> not my fave. Uh, I'm going to put this Fremont number five, and uh, like you say, it's it's probably flight that hurt it more than anything else. It just was in the middle of this sort of tropical uh, maelstrom, maelstrom, right? And and so it's hard. It was hard to to pick out the stuff that was there, uh, and that's more off. That it is absolutely our fault, not Fremont's fault. But we have to rank. There it is. I guess we don't have to rank. We don't rank stuff that's. What, what we're sure the brewer isn't hasn't intended. There's nothing wrong with it, right? Uh, number four, I'm going to put the Noble Ale Works as number four. I these are all beers I enjoyed very much. <laughs> right. Uh, I just was more enamored with the um, with the other interesting stuff the other brewers were doing. I guess at the same time, I wouldn't deny one of these. Uh, I would certainly think that this is a very, very good IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, I really did like the Abita more than you did. I thought that that uh, Shunichi thing was not um, not killing me in the same way it did you. Okay. Uh, uh, and I loved uh, sort of the progress, the different sort of <laughs> beer shades it took. Right, it it, it, right. it took on different aspects mm-hmm. of other beers. Sure. I kind of enjoyed that a lot. Number two, I really, I really got a kick out of the Sam Adams. I love, I, I really did like that bracket. I think more than you did. Uh, I love the bouquet. I love the stuff that was going on with it. Um, it's it was different. I think part of the difference, it being different from what we usually taste, was part of it. Uh, and there may be some distance from what I tasted, so that, sure. that could be playing a role in how I'm ranking it right now. But I, I did like it, but, but I think I'm going to go with the round guy as my number one. Oh, okay. I really, uh, I thought it was a, a kind of exceptionally interesting take on Cezanne, uh, and always looking for something exceptionally interesting. And there it was. So, yeah, the Cyrano. Very cool. Guys. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. Hey, we're hustling still. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you would like to contact us, we have an email address, which is beer at craftbeerradio.com. We are on the Twitter. My handle is at Jeff Bearer. At CBR Greg. Or at Craft Beer Radio if you want to just hit up the general group account. And uh, if you're just on Facebook, you can you can mention us on you Facebook. Can do the hustle. 
You can do the hustle. It'll be as effective as mentioning our Facebook account, which is The Craft Beer Radio, because we don't pay much attention to that thing. We we probably should, but we just, we're both kind of, like I said earlier in the pre-show, we're in our very late 20s. That's not the kind of thing we pay attention to. Sounds like you're in denial on, (laughs) I have no, like, I haven't. We'll talk about We're that in the post-show. Yes. I call it late 20s because it's funnier. It's funnier. It sounds like you're hiding something. Anyway. It's going to be 38 soon. All right. Thank you, everyone, again. We really appreciate it. Sorry for, the, uh, sorry for the inconsistent posting. We've, uh, we'll get back on schedule here uh, in the next couple weeks. So...